All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter uh, 33. Whether you got your paper Bible, your digital Bible, would you just turn with me there uh, as we think about God's Word? How many are grateful for God's Word? It's God's Word that helps give us direction, helps us figure out how to make, a, make our way through life. And uh, I'm convinced that as we begin to align ourselves with God's Word, God begins to change us. Now, how many of you have been noticing that summer is almost over? Boo. Boo. How many, and okay, so let's have, let's have the seasons moment. How many of you love spring and wish spring would last a little longer? Raise your hands. Come on, where are my spring people? Okay, how many think summer, you love summer, and you would like summer to last a little bit longer? If that's you, wave your hands. Okay, good. How many of you, when it comes to fall, you love fall, and you would love for fall to last a little bit longer? Raise your hands on the... Yeah! Okay, so fall is the winter. Okay, now, how many of you love winter? And wish winter would last longer? If that's you, raise your hands. Those are the people who can move to Canada. Or Alaska. Well, it depends where you are in Alaska. You got to go way up, right? So I just think it's funny that, that, you know, we all have our favorite seasons. And I don't know about you, but it, isn't it great, you know, if, we could, if our season would last a little longer. Now, for me, you know what I would love for winter? Now, I, I actually do like winter, but I would like it even more if winter began just before Christmas and ended just after New Year's. Amen. You know... I wish I could run, I wish there was like some government ability to like, you know, because then I would run for office for like, let's make winter, you know, but, but, but you know, like, we, we wish seasons and, and, and invariably, you know, Pastor Dwayne comes up and just messes with all our hearts because he's just like, guys, listen, summer's almost over, yes, we're getting closer to snow, and everybody's like going, why does he do this to us? Why does he torment us? Why does he burden our hearts? Because I don't know about, we don't look forward to it, but how many know invariably, like we live in upstate New York, it's inevitable. And that's why so many people keep moving to Florida, right? You're like, okay. What's that? The equator, right? The equator where there's like two seasons. Nice and nicer, right? You know, but, but it, it's kind of interesting. Seasons change. And, and whether you like it or not, you remember when you played hide and seek and you do the countdown? And then, or you count up, whatever it was, and then you had to declare this. Ready or not, here I come. How many know seasons do that too? The seasons change. And I find it interesting because we all find ourselves in different seasons. And it's not just, it's not just meteorological or dealing with weather. Like seasons change. How many know that, that in marriage... You go through seasons, right? You remember when you first got married and life was good? And then the next week, you're like, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but you know, like, like seasons change in marriage or, or parenting. Have you noticed that seasons change with parenting? Whether you want it to or not. How about just getting older? And your body goes through like seasons, like how many remember when you were like young and you could bounce back? You play things and run around and, and then you get older and you're like, dude, this season, we, we don't bounce. 
Boom. So you bounce, Pat? <laughs> I made you bounce. Oh, in the bounce house. I did make Pat. Pat last year went in the bounce house. That was pretty amazing. And uh, that, that was pretty fun. But, but you know, we, we go through these seasons. Our relationships, our jobs, our health can go through seasons. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we, we can find ourselves in seasons that we just wish we didn't have to go into or we just wait, wish that they would just be over. We go through seasons. And sometimes in the midst of it, we begin to ask the question, how am I supposed to get through this season? How am I supposed to get through this season? Because sometimes we get in those moments and, and all of a sudden it's not going as we expect. We hit the bumps in the road. We encounter obstacles. And we're just wondering, how do we get through this? Well, this morning we're going to look at Exodus chapter 33. And as we do, what I want us to kind of like settle in on that, that I hope that just this gets deep in your heart is that God's presence provides a path. No matter what season we're in, that we might be able to live our purpose. That His presence provides a path to live our purpose. Now, as a pastor of Asbury Church, a number of years ago, as I was praying, my, my prayer was just simply, God, w would you help us to be um, a certain kind of church? And, and, and I have three prayers, and this kind of functions as a vision-type piece. Um, the first prayer is simply this, that God, may we be a place where people experience the presence and power of God. How many of you recognize that we need God's presence and His power at work in our lives? Like we, Say it louder, Lorna. How many know we need God's presence and power at work in our lives? Can I get an amen on this one? Okay, you guys can be vocal this morning. Um, like we need His presence like in, in the midst of all that we're going through. How are we going to get through the stuff that we find ourselves in, the seasons we encounter? And I'm convinced we need the presence and power of God. It, it's God's presence... That is what we need to help us successfully navigate through the seasons we find ourselves in. And so as we begin, let me just ask you a question. As you think about where you're at in life right now, what season are you in? How would you define the season that you're a part of? As you are in that season, what are the things that you're struggling with? Because how many know everybody's somewhere? We're all in the midst of a season, so how would you define the season you're in. Now, as we come to Exodus chapter 33, it, it's, it's a, it's a, we're going we're to deal with the story because we're going to find out that Moses is in a moment. He is in a season. He's just like, how am I going to get through this? Now, Exodus is a, is a remarkable story. It's a, it's a story of God's deliverance, how God cares about his people and he rescues them from the Egyptians. If you've read Exodus, you, you know the story of, of Moses, you know, in the, in the basket and then the burning bush. And then Moses bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt. You know the story how, how by God's grace they went through the sea. And it's this wonderful story about how God is bringing them from bondage to a place of promise and a place of purpose. That God has a destiny and a destination for His people. And He's like, I'm going to move you there. Yet in the intervening time, in the place that is called the wilderness, there's this struggle that takes place. Now, when we get to Exodus chapter 33, what has happened just before this, there's been a little bit of the grumbling that has taken place in the desert. Yet, yet, yet God continues to lead His people and He brings them to a mountain called Mount Sinai. And it was there that as Moses goes up the mountain, God begins to speak about the type of people that he wants to create. 
He begins to, 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 to put down the, 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 these things that we call the Ten Commandments, these, um, th these principles that will govern living and relationship. Relationship between God, relationship within family, relationship with our neighbors. That, that God begins to say, this is how I want you to be my people. And it was this amazing moment where God met Moses on the mountain. But the story goes on to say that, that as God's people waited down at the foot of Mount Sinai, they got tired of waiting. And so they began to say, well, what are we going to do? And Aaron had this great idea, just give me all the... Give me a bunch of gold and stuff like that. And if you remember the story, he ends up making a golden calf. And Aaron says, this is your God. This is the one who delivered you. And the people are excited and they're shouting and they're doing all of this. Well, Moses comes down the mountain and his heart is absolutely broken. His heart is broken. And if you remember, he smashes the Ten Commandments. And he's just like, what am I going to do with this people? And for Moses, it, was, it wasn't just the people were doing terrible, but, it, but it, was, it was for him this great crisis of leadership. And all of a sudden, he was just like going, what have I gotten myself into once again? And, and, and he began to wrestle with God. So as we come to our passage, Moses is like, what am I going to do? And so I'm going to read uh, verses 12 through 23. And I think that as we read this passage, it's going to help provide some helpful ideas to help us as we navigate through whatever season we may be in. And so this is what it says. And Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. All right, everybody say whom. whom. All right, because how many know when you're supposed to use who and whom? Don't ask me. I'm not a grammarian. Okay. But Moses just says, you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. And if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? What will distinguish me and your people? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. Because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, or Yahweh, in your presence. 
I will have mercy on whom I have, will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Okay, so this is a, just a marvelous passage. There's lots of stuff that raises questions like, what do you mean you can't see my face, but only my back? And there's so much to dig into this passage. We don't have time for all of that, but I want to hit some highlights. The first thing I want to know is, as we look at this passage is simply this. No matter what season you and I are in, there's always a way forward. No matter where we're at in our season, in, in, whether it's been a good season or a bad season, we're in the midst of stress, when we're in, whether we're in the midst of a, a, a trying time, there's always a way forward. See, sometimes in our lives, as seasons change, we become overwhelmed by the circumstances we find ourselves in. Sometimes in the midst of the season that we find ourselves in, we can feel stuck and helpless. Let me ask you, how many of you like being stuck? You know, you know what it means to be stuck, right? You're all that energy and all that effort, and you're getting nowhere. Like, I want to ask you if that's ever happened in marriage. Right? Where you're just like going, dude, it just feels like we're just fighting the same battles. We're, we're oh, it's just like, or you're dealing with your kids. And you're like, oh my goodness, it's just like there's no traction. We're, there's no movement. We feel stuck. And it may be that you're in a season right now and you're like going, you know what? It, it seems like the odds are against me and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just feel stuck. There, there's no way forward. That This is... And sometimes it slips into our thinking and in our living, this is going to be all there is. We're just stuck here. I'm sure for Moses, as he was wrestling with all of this, he's like, oh my goodness, what have I got myself into? Maybe this is just where it all ends. Maybe this is it, just stuck here. You see, there's something about being stuck, and, and not only just stuck, but feeling helpless. But, but, but that helpless idea is the idea that it doesn't matter that, that you know, what, what I do, I just, it, it seems like I'm just like, I'm just moved by all the winds and all the circumstances. It's just kind of like everything's moving me, but I can't do anything to change it. Not just stuck, but helpless. And in those places, we can become tired and just feel like, you know, there, there's no way we can move ahead. But the thing that I want you to understand from this, this account that we read in Exodus is that no matter what season we're in, there is a way forward. There is a way forward. There's a path that we can discover. I, I love Moses' prayer because he's in this place. He's dealing with this tension and he says, teach me your ways. Now, what's great is this word ways here is, is, is the Hebrew word that means like path or road. 
It's, it's the way we move through, move beyond where we're at. And Moses is like, teach me your way. I want you to know that no matter where you're at, there is a way forward. But for us to find that way forward, there's a necessity or there's a need for us to be teachable. Like Moses saying, God, would you just teach me your way? Will you teach me your way? How many know that God's ways are greater than our ways? Like, like his way is a way that leads us to life. And we need to be willing to, to, to discover it. And Moses is like, God, would you help me discover the way, learn the way so that I may know you? That I might know you. You see, more than just getting out of a season, Moses was like, God, I just want to know you. Like in this place that, that you are God, not just over all the world, but you are God of my season and my circumstance. And in this season, I want to know you. Sometimes we use faith as a stay at a struggle card. Boy, if I just had faith, then I wouldn't have to deal with struggle. But I want you to know that sometimes God brings us into a season because there's something in that season he wants to reveal to us about himself and about his purpose. And what we have to do is say, God, would you teach me your ways that I might know you and that I might continue to find favor with you? Because what Moses understands is that in the midst of the season, the path you take matters. So I like to joke. There's no situation so bad that you can't open your mouth and make it worse. Can I get a witness on this one? How many have been in that place? Right? Like when you're in those seasons, in those moments, you know this. Not every word is the right word. Not, not every statement, not everything you want to say it needs to be said. And, and sometimes what happens is instead of being in a place of favor and grace, we open our mouths and say something, or sometimes we do something. And instead of finding a way out, we find our way deeper into the mud and the mire. Right? I have, I'm so grateful for Rachel because she reminds me, every, Rachel reminds me every once in a while, Dave, just stop talking. <laughs> How many know that can be a really good strategy? Right? There's a way forward. We have to understand, in order to find that way forward, we have, to, we have to know God. And not only that, begin to find out, okay, so what is the place of favor? What is the place of grace? Because sometimes our choices are creating distance in our lives, spiritual distance in our lives, and instead of experiencing a way through, we find ourselves stuck in situations. The second thing I want to note from this passage real quickly is that, there, that, that God's presence is to be the difference maker in our lives in the season that we're in. Many times in the midst of our circumstances, we're looking for the way out. How do I get out of this problem? How do I get out of this trouble? And, and I like how, how, how Moses, as he wrestles with this, instead of presenting a how question, presents a who question. As we noted earlier, you have not let me know whom you will send with me. It's kind of interesting when you look at Moses' life, how God used people to help Moses get to where he needed to be. 
Like if you remember, his, you know, the, Pharaoh makes a declaration to kill all the baby boys, and so his mom puts him in a basket, sends him down the river, and he ends up in, with Pharaoh's daughter who ends up raising him. There was a who that stepped in, saved his life. When he, when, when he killed an Egyptian and fled, there, there was a who in the desert. There was a family in Midian, in Midian, uh, in Midian who, who surrounded him, and from there he even got a wife. There was a time when he was heading back and, and, and there was a who, his wife, who stepped in and, and intervened and interceded for him so that Moses could actually have the story that he has. There, there's again and again, there, there's, there, there's a struggle where Moses is like, what am I supposed to do with all these people? And his father-in-law says, hey, you know, there's got to be some, some, some people within the community that can step up and provide leadership to serve as elders to help make judgments for you. And all along the way, there's someone. Even when God showed up at the burning bush and said, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And Moses is like, I, I can't do it. Send someone else. And God's like, fine, I'll, I'll send Aaron to go with you. For Moses, there was always someone who was coming alongside him to help him get through the season that he was in. And so it's not surprising then as he's in the midst of all this stuff, he just simply says to God, okay, um, you haven't let me know whom you will send with me. And God says, my presence will go with you. Not someone else, me. I think this is really interesting because sometimes in our lives, we're looking for that someone to come into our lives to help us get through. I, I need someone to, to, to come along and, and, and encourage me and lift me up. I, I need someone to, to meet a financial need. I, I need someone to give me wisdom, to teach me. I need someone to come into my life. And I'm so grateful that God in His grace provides and surrounds us with people. But more than anyone, we need the one. You have not told me whom you will send with me. And God says, it's my presence that's going to go with you. And I will give you rest. There's a sense that he's struggling in the season. He's wrestling. He's just like, how am I getting out of this? And, and, and we all know, how many here get a little worked up at times? Situations, a little stress, interrupts your sleep, may even make you a little cranky, and you're just kind of wrestling, 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 and you're just like, I can't even get rest. And God says, listen, I'll go with you, and I will give you rest. I will struggle on your behalf so you don't have to. It's the same message that Jesus speaks to people where he says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. It's the invitation of God to, for, for you and me more than just another whom in our lives. We need the one who, who created all of this. The one who loves us, the one who rescued us, the one who redeems us. We need God's presence in our life because it's his presence that makes the difference.
Even Moses says, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. Because what else is going to distinguish us? What's going to distinguish me or your people from all the other people in the world? And I want you to understand, the thing that differentiates us is God's presence with us. You see, more than solutions, what Moses needed was to experience God's presence. And so he simply says, God, show me your glory. In the midst of the season you're in, can I challenge you with a new prayer? God, in this season, show me your glory. Show me your glory. So the idea of glory is this sense of the, 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 the presence of God manifest in our midst. The, that, that out of it, good will come. That there will be rescue. There will be redemption. There will be restoration. That out of this, God will do something good. I know sometimes we face seasons and we're like, I'm pretty sure nothing good is coming out of the season. And we need to begin to pray like Moses because more than anyone, we need the one who created all this and just simply say, God, in this season, I need you to show me your glory. I need to encounter you. And we need to understand that this and this is the third idea, is that God's presence is a privilege that we get to experience when we begin to prioritize it. Because of Moses' focus, more than just a solution to the problem, he said, God, I want to know you. God, I, I, I want to see your presence. I want to see your goodness manifest in all of this. That God answered his prayer. And he says this, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. Hey, in the season that you're in, I know there are seasons of struggle. There are seasons of uncertainty. There are things going on. You're like, I'm not sure how it's going to work out. There may be moments that your heart is fearful because there's the uncertainty of what's ahead. I want you to know that our situations, the seasons we're in, are not greater than the God we serve. He is the God who is good. And even out of our difficulty, He can bring goodness to us. I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. His goodness is manifest in His faithfulness, His love, His kindness. And then He says this, and this is the part of the passage I love. If you're an underliner in your Bible, this is a good little phrase to underline. God tells Moses this. He says, listen, there's a place near me. There's a place near me. In the midst of the season that you're in, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the uncertainty, there is a place near me. I don't know about you, but have you ever had those moments that in the chaos, you feel like God's far away? I know I have. God, where are you in this? He says, listen, I want you to know there's a place near me. There is a place near me. And he says that place near me is where you may stand on a rock. Where you can stand. That in the midst of uncertainty, there's something that's solid. Something that's enduring. And it is the place from which you and I can experience the presence and power of God. 
You see, it's God's presence that provides a path for us to live out our purpose, even when seasons go wonky. And I know that's where some of you are at. I know some of you, you came to church today and your hearts are just heavy. I know some of you come and, and you, there, there are things going around where there are more questions than answers. And I want you to know that in this season, God would simply say to you, there is a place near me where you can stand. That in the midst of this season, there is the presence of God that wants to provide the strength, the encouragement, the hope. Because there is a path forward. Even in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the season, there is a path forward. And what we need to do is we need to learn to lean into God's presence. We need to lean into God's presence. I, I love Hebrews. I wish I had time to talk about a whole bunch of ideas in this, but I'm just going to read the verse. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 14 and 16 says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone uh, through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. And what he's saying here is this, is we don't have a God who is indifferent to the struggles that we're in because Jesus took humanity upon himself and experienced the same kind of junk that you and I do. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. So the writer to the Hebrews says, guys, because of this, listen, he says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Other translations, it says, let us come near with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I want you to know, for this season, there is grace and mercy available for you when you draw near to God. This is why one of the early sayings of the church, and we find this in, in the New Testament in James and in Peter, is this injunction, this, 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 this challenge, this invitation to draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Like, draw near, like, just begin to lean your hearts into His presence. Be, begin to pursue Him. Because in pursuing Him, all of a sudden, He begins to provide grace that meets everything else we need. The second thing that I want to note, that how do we find a path forward? So, so part of it is leaning into His presence. And how do we do it? And I think... It requires to develop a discipline of lifting. Okay, so where are all my buff types? People who are still weightlifting. All right, there's a few of us. Yeah, yeah, weightlifting. Yeah, Dwayne, Pastor Dwayne is like, he is the, the uh, paragon, the, the paradigm of what lifting looks like. Okay, how many in your youth, you used to do a lot of lifting, okay? And, and part of that lifting, you know it, it has to be a discipline. If you want weights to strengthen you and to build you up, going to the gym once doesn't do it. Can I get a witness on this one? Right? 
Boy, it takes, it takes the discipline of lifting. Okay, spiritually, we have to develop a discipline of lifting. Okay, so I'm going to invite the worship team up because we're going to end real quick. This is fun. You're like, already? Yep, already. This is going to be good because we're going to begin to discipline ourselves. We're going to practice. So we've got to lift. Okay, so the Bible actually says a whole lot about lifting. Okay, you ready for this? Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes. How many know we have to have the discipline of lifting our eyes? See, so often what we do is we get so focused and fixated on what's going on around us and sometimes in us. We get our eyes down. And we become absorbed with self. And we get absorbed with our situations and circumstances. And we have to develop the discipline of lifting up our eyes. Jesus would say this. Lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. That's the King James. That's how I learned. Lift up your heads for your redemption is near. Lift up your heads. Can I just tell you, one of the things, strategies of the enemy, let me tell you, you guys, I believe God wants to set a people free to live in the purpose God created for them. I believe we have a very real adversary who does not want us to live in God's purpose. In, and one of the ways he does this is this, is he keeps our eyes focused downwards on our problems, on our disappointments. He gets us focusing on the people around us. Look how happy they are and how happy I'm not. And our eyes get down. And as our eyes go down, our spirit begins to go down. And we have to develop the discipline of lifting. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? Just so you know, that's Psalm 121. It's part of the Psalms of Ascent. They were the Psalms that the, that the followers or, or the, the children of God would, would quote, reflect on as they went to Jerusalem to celebrate the high festivals, one of them being Passover. And, and Jerusalem was located on a hill. And Psalm 121, I think, is the second of the Psalms of Ascent. So it's like they say it really early. And they would say these Psalms as they would move their way up to Jerusalem. So they'd start out kind of in the valley and they're seeing the, the, the Jerusalem up there and they know that where Jerusalem is, the temple's there and where the temple is, God's presence is there. And so I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He is the maker of heaven and earth. That thing that's on earth that you feel is overwhelming you, there is one who is greater than the earth because he made it. You may feel that there's a heavenly thing that's against you. And God would say, listen, I am the maker of heaven and earth. There is none greater than me. Lift up your eyes.
And this is something we don't just do on a Sunday. This is something we do every day because there are moments as you get into your week, there's this pull that says begin to look down. And you begin to look down on yourself and upon your situation and you look down on this and on that and you say, oh my goodness, this season, I'm stuck in a season, I'm helpless in a season. And we have to say, no, I'm going to look up. Can I tell you, the Spirit of God, if you're a child of God, the Spirit of God is in you and He empowers you to live God's purpose and that means He empowers you to keep your eyes up. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can I tell you, we have to develop the discipline of lifting our eyes. Y'all with me on this one? So we're going to practice. Okay? I asked you early on, when you came in, I said, what defines your season? And so much of what's defining your season is what you see down here. You know what we have the opportunity to do? to lift up our eyes. And so what I want you to do right now, this is the quiet part. You're all going to love this one because you're quiet people. I know sometimes. What I want you to do is I want you to think about your season. I want you to just begin to look up. And I want you to begin to see the God who is with you in this season. Just go ahead and look up. There's a God who loves us, who's faithful. Now some of you are going, dude, this is really weird and crazy. Now, okay, you can look back now. Let me teach you something. As the eyes go, so goes the body. It is a physical reality, it is also a spiritual reality. This is why when you drive, and you look to the right or to the left, if I do it right, this is right, this is left, what you begin to do is you actually begin to move in that direction. Because where the eyes go, the body goes. Where the eyes of the heart go, so goes the heart. This is why in church, we don't just talk about it ideas, we embody them. So we look up. Do we see the God who is with us in this season? We look up. Second way, discipline. This is second discipline. Discipline means we have to choose to do this because if you've ever lifted weights, you're like, I'm sore. I don't feel like lifting today. I'm busy. I don't have time to fit this into my schedule today. And some of you, when it comes to these spiritual disciplines of lifting our eyes, you're like, oh, yeah, you just don't know what my day is. Yes, I, you're right. I don't know what your day is, but I know the God who's above the day. Lift your eyes up. That's the discipline. Second one is we have to learn to lift our hearts to Him. To bring our hearts before the God who created us, who loves us, who cares about us. That means we're bringing before Him our, our hurts, our fears, our disappointments, our brokenness. This is what's so amazing. God knows what we're thinking. And He still loves us. He's not surprised. This is why that we can come before Him and say, okay, God, I'm bringing you my heart. God, I hurt today. God, my heart is broken today. God, when so-and-so said that my chicken, my preaching was bland chicken, oh God, it, it went so deep, Lord. I'm, I, was, I was speaking for Nellie. Um, 
But, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, God, th these are very real things. Can I tell you? We have a God who cares about us. He cares about your hurts, your disappointments. And you know what? Presenting them to him does not make him less powerful. Say, God, I'm, I'm really concerned. I'm concerned about my kids. I'm concerned about my mom, my dad. God, I'm concerned about my job. God, I'm just, I'm just concerned for me. God, I'm wrestling with disappointment. God, I'm wrestling with fear. God, I'm wrestling with uncertainty. God, I need you. And we have to present our hearts to him. And listen, this is part of the discipline of lift. Nobody can do it for you. So I'm going to tell you something. So I'm a pastor, and I will always pray with you. I love, I love people. I'll pray with them. But I can't speak from your heart. Only you can. I will pray in line with the thing that you ask that's in line with God's word. I will speak from the sense of the Spirit of God as, as he nudges and prompts me to speak. But I, cannot, I can never pray from your heart. Only you can. And God says, listen, I, I want to invite you near. i got a place near me where you can lift your heart to me. Okay, so now we're going to practice. We lift our eyes to him. And we just take a moment, just, you can whisper it. But would you present your heart to God for where you're at in this season? Would you just begin to just, just take a moment? I just If you want, close your eyes. Everybody just close your eyes. We'll do it that way because some of you keep looking at me. But just begin to whisper to him, God, that's where I'm at. God, I'm tired. God, I'm frustrated. God, I hurt. God, I'm grateful. God, I thank you. Lord, here's my heart. I give it to you. Give it to you. So part of this discipline of finding a way forward in the season is, is lifting our eyes. It's, it's lifting our hearts. But here's the next thing. We find this in Scripture, different places throughout Scripture. What you begin to do is you begin to lift your hands. Okay, now you can all look, you can open your eyes again and look up here. That's, some of you fell asleep already, but that's okay. We'll bring you back. Okay, so why would the Bible tell us to lift our hands? Now, what, just so you know, we encourage it around here. Like when you're worshiping God, we're like, put your hands up in the air. Like you just don't care, right? You know, some of you think it's some concert thing. I want you to think about this. So, Imagine you were being mugged and they point something at you and say, stick them up. Why do they do that? They do that because they know that when you raise your hands, you're actually making yourself more vulnerable. When you raise your hands, you're opening yourself up. Like you're physically putting yourself in a position where you are less um, threatening, that you are more vulnerable, open. And again, just like where our eyes go, so the body goes. 
So as the hand goes, the heart goes. That's why we lift our hands. And, and sometimes just, you know, this is a discipline because if you ever had those moments, you don't feel like doing something. I'm tired, I'm cranky. When will this service get done? I'm gonna make a discipline right now. I'm gonna choose something. I'm gonna raise my hands. It also puts us in a position so that we might actually begin to receive that which God has for us. Because I want you to know that God is not trying to mug you. He's trying to bless you. And there are many times in our lives that we never experience the blessing that God longs to pour out in the season that we're in because we're unwilling to make ourselves vulnerable before Him. This is why we lift our hands. So we're going to practice this. What I want you to do is as you think about your season, as you lift up your eyes, as you begin to think about your Savior, the God who's with you in this season, would you just surrender to Him? Say, God, I just want to know you. God, in this moment, would you just go ahead and lift your hands to Him right now? Say, God, in this season, I need you. I need your grace and I need your mercy. God, I hold nothing back. Lord, I'm holding on to nothing but you. Lord, I need you in this season. You're my help. You're my hope. You're, you're the one I need. God, I just worship you. So we lift our hands to him. This is discipline. God, we worship you. Okay, which leads me to the last discipline. Okay, you can put your hands down. Look, because we're going to put them all together in just a moment. This is real good. The last thing we do, you ready for this one? This is going to scare a bunch of you now. Because some of you are like going, dude, this was like, it's already stretched. You want me to look up? Okay, it felt odd. Okay, so, so then you're going to lift up my heart. I'm going to tell God how, you know, that's, Okay, and now lift my hands. Look, everybody is looking, right? And we go through that stuff. Okay, so you know what the last one is? The Bible tells us to do? To lift our voices. Okay. When God creates out of the chaos, He speaks. Just so you know, the world was formless and empty, yet the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Because there's something that happens when we speak. There's something that happens when we begin to bring what's in our heart to our mouths and then out our mouths. You all know this. Your words are shaping your world. Some of you have the marriage that you have because of the words that are being said. For good or for ill. Does that make sense? Because your words are shaping your world. If you speak badly about your children, how many know you're shaping their world? If you're speaking bad about your church, guess what's going to make your world? Heads up, not that you're doing that. But I want you to know, your words 
are shaping the environments. And part of what we have to learn to do in our seasons is we need to learn to speak over the situations. Because God says, listen, I want to work not just in you, but I want to work through you and through the things that we say. This is why the Bible is filled with the admonitions and the injunctions for God's people to praise Him. Because something happens when we choose to praise God. Now, they did a study on something that I thought was kind of fun. They found, like, how many of you have done, like, construction and stuff, and you're playing with a hammer, and you hit your finger, and then you say something? Like, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Right? That often comes out of my mouth. No. Right? No! Did they, they've actually done studies about this, that when a person hurts themselves, and they speak out, at the point of contact or immediately after the point of contact, it actually reduces their experience of pain. Did you know that? Hmm. Now, now, just so, I'll, I'll show you, intuitively you actually know this. So some of you, you'll be in a situation, and some of you, you're internalizers, and so you process all your stuff internally, and something will begin to bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you, and it just grows, 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 grows and then you say something. And then what does it do? Sometimes allows the pressure to diminish because vocalizing has a way of releasing pressure. This is why we praise in the season. Some of you, when your kids get a little bit annoying and then a lot of bit annoying, you speak out. And sometimes those are the words you're like going, dude, there's no situation so bad you can't open your mouth and make it worse than you just did. Sometimes it's with your spouse. Sometimes it's with a coworker. Sometimes you're doing it online via social media. You're like, dude, that just made me feel better. Okay, can I just tell you something? A lot, this is one of those areas where sometimes the strategy that we have doesn't lead us to the place of favor that God wants. And what we have to learn to do is we actually have to learn to lift our voices in God's presence, to lift our stuff to Him, because when we begin to lift our stuff to Him, not only does it begin to set stuff in motion, but it begins to diminish the pressure that's overwhelming us. So, this is the discipline of lifting. You see, God's presence is what we need for the season we're in. And again, we don't get to choose the seasons. But there is a way through the season. And it is found in His presence. And we have to learn to access that presence, not just on a Sunday morning, but Monday morning and Monday afternoon, Monday around nap time, or when it should be nap time, Monday evening, all through the week. So what we're going to do, this is how we're closing. We're all going to stand. You're in a season. And we're just going to begin to put all of these things together. This is your opportunity to say something. Now, we're going to do something real quick. I want everybody to say something when I count to three. One, two. 
two, three. See, look, you can all do it, right? Now, when I say in a moment, we're going we're gonna to worship God, one, two, three, I want you to begin to praise God with your own voice. I know somebody's going to shout out something, right? Okay. But this is your opportunity to begin to pour out your heart to God in this season. It's your opportunity to praise God in this season. Maybe you came and this season's been a bit of a bear. There's uncertainty and all of that. Listen again, more than the answer, what we need is God and His grace. So we're going to lift up our eyes, lift up our hearts, lift up our hands, and lift up our voices. So let's do this right now. Father, we just thank You for Your grace and goodness. Come on, just lift your voices. Begin to praise Him. We worship You, Jesus, the God who is alive in the season. The God who is over everything. Come on, pray out loud. Come on, get a little louder. Jesus, we thank You for Your faithfulness. Lord, we thank You for Your goodness. Lord, I thank You that You're the God who comes near. You are master of this season, Lord. You are ruler of all. God, there is nothing too hard for You. We worship You, Lord. We magnify You, Lord. We worship You. Oh, we worship You, Lord. Lord, we need You in this season. Lord, I need You in this season. Lord, for Your grace and Your goodness to be manifest, oh God. Oh, I worship You, Lord. I worship You. Come on now. You guys need to learn to pray a little bit louder. Some of you yell at your children louder than this. I know when you got something to say, you don't keep it in. You speak it out. So now begin to speak out your praise to God. Oh, we worship You, Jesus. Lord, we magnify You. We declare You our King. Lord, you are awesome and you are good. You are faithful. God, you're our help and you're our hope, oh God. Lord, we need you. We worship and we magnify you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are working in this moment and in this season. You are our King and our Savior. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, we magnify you, Lord. God, there's none like you. There's none like you. Oh, we magnify you, Lord. We worship you. Lord, we thank You. We thank You for Your grace, O oh God. Oh, we worship You, Lord. Lord Jesus, I thank You that You are King. That You are over every season. And that You've come that we might have life, life to the full. And God, we are going to develop this discipline of lifting. Because, God, we need your presence. Lord, in this season, we need you. God, I thank you that there's a way forward. God, I thank you for how you're beginning to breathe hope into this moment. Lord, I thank you how in this moment you're beginning to lift burden and heaviness. That, God, you're beginning to pour out joy and grace and goodness. Lord, I thank you that it is your presence that differentiates us. That, God, we have been created and called to shine even in this season. And so we put our hope in you. God, even as we go in and through this week, would you speak to us? Would you work in us? Would you work through us? And we will give you all glory and we will give you praise. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. All right, I'm done.
Can I just tell you, as you go through this week, develop the discipline of lifting. Like some of you, you're going to have that moment where all of a sudden you're going to feel the weight of your season begin to descend upon you. Pause that season by looking up. And remember which God is with you in the season. Who's above this season. He is the creator of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes to the hills. As you're going through this week, as, as you're beginning to wrestle with things and all of a sudden, man, it just feels like, boy, I just feel like my heart's in a bit of a funk. What's going on? Begin to bring your heart to him. Say, God, I'm not even sure what's going on, but here's my heart. God, I'm bringing you my fears, my concerns. Bring it to him. Lift up your hands. Like, just take, take moments where you're just like, you know, God, this is going to be my moment. I'm going to take a two-minute a hand raise. I'm just going to lift my hand and say, God, I surrender to you. Like, make it strange. Do it in the middle of your work. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, you don't have to do that. While you're driving, two minutes like this. I'll see you in the hospital this week. Um, but I'm telling you, raise your hands. Just lift your hands to him. Say, God, I just surrender again this season. You're my God in this season. And then not only that, just practice speaking out. Don't wait for Sunday. Do it in the car. Don't wait till the pressure builds. Just begin to speak out. And as you do, you'll find the grace of God will begin to meet you in the season and give you strength to get through. All right, as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. Lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go on to strengthen his might. You are loved. We're going to have an amazing week next week with Back to Church Sunday. So don't come to church alone. Bring someone with you. We're going to believe God for great things. God bless.